You're listening to the Saturday Morning RPG Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle, and yes, we are a little stretched uh, on the scene. This is because my, my video filters were wrong. I will change those on the fly. But I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Lucian is back. Yeah, where where have you been? What you been doing? Oh my god, what's so going on in the life? <laughs> you can see the suntan on my face. I've been yeah. camping for all last week. Uh, finally made it back, and uh, that was awesome and great. And uh, I'm ready for more gaming. That's cool. Good. So Camping's gaming. always fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm sure the the Midwest has some wonderful spots to go camping. So. Well, and this was the SCA. So now that you know the SCA, normally I just say camping because then I don't have to go into the big deal. But you have yeah. neighbors who are SCA yes. people now. Apparently so I do. Know, <laughs> I was at Penzik, which is the largest. It's like the Gen Con of that group. Okay. This That's what Penzik was. So that's where I've just been in Pennsylvania. Still a little bit north of Pittsburgh. There's a campground up there that brings in. Cool. I think we were up to 11,500 people came and camped and wow. enjoyed the week um so think of it kind of like a like a gen con atmosphere so yeah i mean outside though but yeah <laughs> hot <laughs> outside hot but you know sometimes in gen con that's that way too when you go to those uh, food trucks and stuff i heard i got so many questions about gen con so sorry if this is a big lucian asked jordan about gen con because lucian didn't get to go yeah um i heard they moved the food trucks they did was it better was it a better experience this time um yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took me a while to figure out where, but it was basically that first exit off of um, when you're going into the tunnel to Lucas Oil Stadium. There's like that exit yeah. off. And they moved him out there. It was just a big parking lot. So I was like, okay, I guess that's why. Um, because you don't have people. There's not active traffic going back and right. forth, which I was like, okay, that makes sense. Um, so it was better. Uh, Wizards of the Coast sponsored a lot of stuff on this big apology tour Gen Con. And they <laughs> uh, they went to they sponsored the food trucks. And so there was actually one food truck that um, was doing ice cream and it was like D&D themed ice cream or some kind of frozen treat. But all the proceeds went to uh, the Trevor Project, I think. So they 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 chose a charity and they were like, OK, uh, but yeah, so. Uh, it was it was all there. Apparently, it was better. It took me a while to find it because I'm like the food trucks are not where they're supposed to be. And if you ever go at like lunchtime, it's always so busy. So I think I I grabbed food there once, just like in passing. Gotcha. But like yeah, I didn't want to wait in line out in the hot sun for that long. So <laughs> so yeah. Is it right between Lucas, the the actual stadium and the Gen Con? Was it that middle road? That's right there, or was it um yeah. I think so. So, like, normally you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because uh, we used leaving... to walk down there to go to the parking. Yeah, leaving. Car, yeah, yeah. And then we would yeah. drive out. Yeah, that yeah. whole area um, before you cross the street to get to Lucas Oil Stadium. So, right. Yeah. Because that is a bigger area than the one they had in the middle. Mm -hmm. And you'd cross all that traffic. It was kind of a small spot. It wasn't very big in between. Like, I guess there were some restaurants on the north side. And I never knew what was on the south side of that. You never could quite see. 
but it always felt like a small cramped area to throw but the old area tons of people in yeah the old area was like i don't know it felt like it was okay but i think it's that crossing the street back and forth like there were so many people and they had to have police there so yeah. i don't understand why they don't just redirect traffic away from that for the convention um yeah. but they didn't that, this I time either exactly. like i'm like it's four days mm -hmm. like just redirect traffic or have all of the businesses just say okay it's for the greater good we're not going to go downtown mm -hmm. this week or something i don't know but yeah. um, very interesting uh but yeah so that it was fun i mean gen con was a blast i caught uh con crud i it was not covid but i got back and i was like i don't think i feel too well and then i got really sick Lex, who I was hanging out with the most of the time, he contacted me and he's like, I got really sick. And I was like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, like Celeste and Ted were fine. So I'm like, okay, I don't know where I got it, who I, who I talked to, but uh, I feel better now. But yeah, it was like four days of like, I am not okay. <laughs> so. It was kind of nice coming back the, the year before we went, we were worried about COVID, but we did wear masks that whole time. And I didn't get the crud. Which is you do usually get like a low grade, yeah, cold strep it's because you're probably talking a lot. You're going into that cold AC, going back out outside. You're in close proximity, but usually it's just a, like a minor cold or just a yeah, like your your throat sounds a little weird for those couple of days you're back. I uh, think it was. When we I think did the mask. It didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if it was masks so much, but I I shook hands with a lot of people and took sure. photos and stuff yeah. with people because I was recognized a lot more. And I was like, and towards the end of the con, a lot of people were like, oh, I, I like fist bump. I don't do that. And I was like, oh, that's right. I need to do that. <laughs> like, that's a that's a way better uh, situational, like, or to handle this situation. Like, I don't know. So, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't go to a lot of cons. I've never done. And so, yeah, I was like, okay. But, you know, I live and learn and I'm not, I'm not dead. But, but no, I had a blast. Um, like uh, uh, Trevor uh, Devin from Start Playing Games, he did a big party, and we went to that. And I, I saw the Dungeon Dudes and tried to like introduce myself. They weren't super interested in talking to me, um, but not because they're rude. Just they had like a lot of people, and they were co-organizing this event. And I was like, okay, so I kind of said hi. Mm -hmm. um, I ran into the Dungeon Coach. We had him on the show, and he's working on his own D20 system. So he did a playthrough of that with me and a couple other people. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, actually, I have a lot of thoughts on that game, but I won't necessarily get into them today because I don't know how much he wants out in the open in his like early alpha of a game he's making. Uh, but yeah, we had a we had a good time. Like lots of running around, uh, had dinner with LB and uh, Lauren, and that was fun. Yeah. Um, and then, what yeah. What games did you sign up for that you played like during the day? So I signed up for a kids on uh, or teens in space game, and I wasn't able to make it because I ended up going to the Planescape uh, thing instead. So there were Wizards of the Coast things that got super sold out really fast. And then later on, uh, I got a message from the Wizards of the Coast like PR person, and she was like, just if you want to come, like we want to make sure influencers can get in there. And I'm like, oh, you know who I am. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> and so like, they're like, if you want to come, just show up a little early. I'll be there and uh, we'll just let you in. And I was like, okay. So I ended up not going to the rules changing one or the book of many things, which I kind of wish I had gone to the book of many things. But I did go to the Planescape because that was what I was most excited for. And it was right after the AI art scandal came out. 
And so oh, as we sat down, they said, we will not be taking questions because we oh, want, boy. well, no, they didn't say why, but they're like, we're not taking questions because we just have so much to tell you. And I totally scoffed. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, right. I bet. Um, and it was so dry and boring. And they just like had these pre-programmed answers to talk about Planescape. They didn't offer us anything new. They just showcased some art and and said that it primarily is going to take place in the Outlands, which I was excited for because the Outlands are, in the original Planescape setting, the least touched of all of all of Planescape. Like, Sigil is very heavily defined. The Outer Plains are heavily defined in all of the books that they've come out with. But the Outlands are always this like, yeah, I don't, they're there and here's some gate towns. And it's literally one book. And um, it's not like, there's no adventures there. There's no like plot hooks or seeds. It literally is just like, here's how the Outlands work. I don't know. Um, so if they're defining that more and having like a really cool adventure and making the Outlands mean something, I was like, well, that's that's actually really cool. Like I can get behind that 100%. Um, so we'll wait and see. But apparently, like, Ted came back from the Book of Many Things panel, and he's like, this is going to be the best book ever made. Uh, not ever made, but, like, this will be the book of the year. Because not only is it the Deck of Many Things with expanded cards, but every card has, like, a corresponding section of the book to instruct the Dungeon Master, like, okay, they pulled this card. Here's how you can use it in your game. So, notoriously, from my point of view, the Deck of Many Things has always been the campaign ender. Like, we pull cards. Oh, my gosh, you're stuck in the nether realm. A devil's chasing you. You're wealthy and own a castle now. Uh, I think our game's done, guys. Like, I don't know how to follow this up. And so they're they're turning that into here's actionable things. Like, oh, you're being hunted by a devil. Here are three devils in the book that are chasing you. and Or pick one. You know, pick a devil that you want. Mm -hmm. Here are their motivations for why they're chasing you. Here's their stats. Here's, the, here's how you can get rid of them. And so uh, it, it feels like what game masters want, which is like, per, give me tools to help me get through this game rather than going in blind. And I was like, actually, that does sound like a really cool book. Like, I could, yeah, like, that's cool. So, um, and so I didn't go my teens, teens in space game because of that. And then I signed up for Dragon Bane, but I didn't get uh, my Dragon Bane. I didn't get my tickets in time, which is really sad because the line was too long and I should have done it the night before, but I was tired and I couldn't get into my Airbnb. So I didn't actually have the tickets in my hand. But it, I got it locked out because uh, Ted organized a Dragon Bane thing on Sunday. And so I ended up coming back to the con on Sunday. And there's this guy, and he goes by Mr. Dragon Bane. Apparently, he's ran the most amount of Dragon Bane ever. Like, he doesn't work for Free League. He's just a big fan of the game, and he's run over, like, 200 sessions. Like, I don't really know. So he was our DM, and that was really cool. And so we had pre-generated characters, and we ran through that. Um I want to make a video on it later, but, like, everyone loved the game except me. And I think it's because I didn't like my character. Like, I chose this dwarf ranger, and I was all excited. But the more we started doing things, I realized I couldn't... Like, I didn't have abilities that really helped. So it's, like, either, either dwarf ranger is not a good combination and didn't really work well, or... Uh, the ranger is not the class for me, maybe. I'm not really mm -hmm. sure. So I, I didn't 
super enjoy it as much as uh, everyone else at the table. But I mean, I still had fun. Like, it's not a bad game by any means. Like, I think it's really well designed and stuff. It's just me. I think it was my character. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Very cool. That would be one I would definitely have signed up for because once I got the box set and I was reading through it, it just looked really good. It read really well through the system. And I was like, that'd be one I'd love to sign up for and just see how it's ran and see how the yeah, kind of plays. Yeah. And well, and that was me too. That was the big thing because the Kickstarter was fulfilling. Um, mm -hmm. They had copies galore at Gen Con, like the whole... Um, that's Free League, yeah. So Free League was like, League. here's all of our Vason stuff, and here's our mm -hmm. Alien section, and here's our Dragonborn section, or dra yeah, Dragon uh, Bane section right here at the top. And then in the back, they're like, oh, yeah, and we've got Tales of the Loop and Symbarium, and, you know, there are other games, but, like, they Still knew really what was, like, <laughs> this is going to sell. So they uh -huh. had this huge uh, thing in the top. Um, and it was cool. Uh, Vason won a lot of awards. Free League won a lot of awards in general. But Vason won a lot of Ennies, and it uh, it showed like they they went in very confident, and they had books all over the place. So yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful book to look through. I haven't read through the, but I was looking through some of the artwork and some yeah. of the page, you know demo pages that they had. And it looks really good. No, Vas I played was Vason. It's really yeah. fun. Uh, uh, DM Nathan, like before it got really popular, he he picked it up and was like, I think I love this game, and we played through it, and I'm like. <laughs> I, I super love it. Like I would I would play this till I would play this full time for a long time. Like it was the world was cool, the character system was cool. Um and I think that's the biggest charm of a lot of freely games is like the worlds are just so uh familiar but new, if that makes sense, you mm -hmm. know? And Dragon Main was kind of similar where it's like, okay, it's like a fantasy familiar thing, but you also have these like uh, this sounds kind of tropey to just throw it in, but I was like, you have duck people and you have wolf people and stuff, but like they all interact kind of differently. And I, uh, the whole world so far of Dragonbane is just this like one valley that you play in. So it's mm -hmm. very um, obtainable, you know, like I talk about the importance of the Forgotten Realms and it's like, I do love the realms, but it's, that is unobtainable. Cause you're like, this mm -hmm. is way, what is happening in the this Far East? I don't even know. You know, and the fact that like the map is just this, you know, letter size piece of paper. There you go. Like, where do you want to go? Mm -hmm. And then you can define it from there. But, uh, which, so there's good and bad pros and cons to both, but. Did you uh, see anything yeah. new that you didn't expect to see there or something new that you were like, Oh, I've got to have this or. Oh, wow. Look at this. Like, remember when we went and we saw the alchemy booth? I was remembering from the year before we were like, whoa, look at this thing. Really good presentation. We went there a couple of times. Any games yeah. or any booth presences that surprised you? Um, I'm trying to think of anything that super surprised me. I didn't have a lot of space to buy things and take them home. So I got my Darkest House Money cookbook because I wanted that. Um, but I think I follow the news pretty good that there was nothing like super shocking. Nothing I ran different. into the guy who wrote the RPG Lumen and Lumen oh. is a, a creative commons RPG. And he uses that system to make like 17 other kinds of games. And so you yourself could go to itch.io and, and buy and get a copy of Lumen for free and make your own Lumen game. So I think that was really fun. Cause I wasn't expecting to run into him and I was like, oh, you make Lumen games. And he's like, well, I, I made Lumen. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, hi. And so um, so that was really fun. Um, 
yeah, it's it's really I don't know. It was it was good overall. Like Gen Con was amazing as usual. So um, I went to Modiphius like and I saw oh. the the Star Trek Lower Decks book and I was like, oh, I got to get that. I was like, I'll yes. I'll like reassess if I have enough room. And then I went back the next day and it was completely sold out. And I was like, oh, dang it. But I can get that Still later if I need things. to. And it's probably for the best because I was like like jumping out of my suitcase to get it closed so I could get home with all the stuff that I bought. And I didn't even buy that many things, but I was like, oh, I got too much stuff. So part of me was yeah, like, I should like I just can... leave some of my dirty clothes? And, exactly. and like, I'll buy new clothes I when I get ones. home. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't need these socks. I can get a whole bag of socks for like eight bucks. Yeah. Um, it seemed like as I was watching, because I, what I loved about uh, Twitter was that as soon as Gen Con hit, I was seeing all my people that normally are posting stuff and pictures so I could, you know, pseudo be there and go, oh, they're looking at this cool booth or, oh, look at there, they're doing this thing. So that was really cool. And you can kind of keep up with it. But it seemed like everybody was super excited about Lorcana, which I had not even heard of before. Yeah. That hit. So I didn't even know what was going on with that. Actually, when you asked me, like, if I was surprised by anything, I was surprised by Lorcana. Like, I, I know Disney's popular, uh, but Disney's not really popular for me. Um, like cause a and, trample pop. But yeah, it uh, <laughs> and that was poor organization on Gen Con's fault, yeah. apparently. But yeah, people people had paid a lot of money to get into this line to be the first to get Lorcana cards. And for those of you who don't know, Lorcana is a it's the Magic the Gathering Disney is really what it is. It's a collectible card game. I've actually watched how it's played because I was curious, and it feels very Magic the Gathering. You're tapping creatures for ink, and then you use that ink to play other cards, and those cards do things, and you're trying to collect lore points, and the first person to get to 20 wins. Um, so the game is like, you know, play cards, strategize, and then every deck's different because every card's different. Uh, and... I don't know. There was just a, it was a, it was so popular. And there was one, t yeah. I got out of something and I'm like, I turned to some random person. I'm like, what is this line for? And they're like, oh, that's the Lorcana line. And I was like, oh my gosh. Cause it, it was, and it wasn't like a line. It was like a, a six or seven person funnel of people that went <laughs> like all the way. And I was like, oh my gosh. And they're all trying to get to like one or two booths in the convention floor. Yeah. And it was like, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, but, um, I've been playing a, a board game that I got demoed. A, a friend of a friend sent me the demo and it was called, um, it's called Freelancers and, uh, it's a really fun board game that was demoed there. And I ran into the creator of it, who is somebody that I follow on social media. And I was like, are you, are you Donald? And he's like, I am. I'm like, I'm Jordan with a PH. He's like, I know you, I sent you a game. I'm like, you did. And so then we <laughs> chatted for a while and that was really fun. Just it's fun to just see people that you don't interact with, you know. I think, I think a lot of us were talking about that. Uh, Celeste ran a lot of Tales of the Valiant stuff, and yeah. apparently she ran Tales of the Valiant for Ted and Lex and LB and people. But I was like, I'm way too tired, and so they were gonna start that at like midnight, and I was like, it, no, because yes. we're gonna start it at midnight, which means the we're gonna end experience. at two, and I'm already yeah. tired from True Dungeon going to bed at two in the morning last night, so goodbye, I'm an mm. old man. So, yeah. I'm waiting for the, the year that Lex does his own booth because he's got enough games at this point that he could just go to a booth, have a bunch of books printed out, and just start selling like crazy. Maybe. All the stuff he's yeah. done. <laughs> 
we could be we could walk by Alex with and be like Lex, what are you doing behind the yeah. <laughs> like five yeah five B and uh, and uh, yeah. all the other stuff that he's been working on. So he's he's got stuff. He's always writing more too. I don't know. Oh. That'd be cool. But yeah, yeah cool. Uh, we missed you. It would have been fun uh, to to see you there, obviously. But yeah, I tried to finagle a day, but when um, my wife got sick the week before to the point that I thought I was canceling everything because it just it yeah. looked dire at that point. And then it just, by Thursday, it, it cleared up Friday tentatively. We're like, is this going to work? Or is everything, everything seems normal. We're, we're back to normal. Okay. I'm going to go, but we'll see how this goes. And then, yeah, it just all turned out fine after, after the fact, but my plan had been to go Thursday to Gen Con, stay there all day and then leave for the camping trip on Friday but I just kind of did, didn't get it to work. So. You might have been year, that, that might have been overdoing it too. Like you oh, probably, I'm sure of it. yeah, oh, you I'm probably sure would have got to camping and been like, yeah, I don't want to see been terrible. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd have been terrible. But I and I heard Thursday was one of the most busy days, which normally I think it was because it changes. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, sometimes that early day is not quite as busy as you would say, like a Friday or Saturday when the big weekend crowds start to show up, but it seems like people had planned more this year to be there on that first day. And that yeah. first day was slammed from what I heard. Yeah. 100% so. slammed. It was crazy, but so yeah, much. it was fun. Um, I'm still, I'm still reading stuff. I got a bunch of zines. I ran in, I don't know if you know, JP Kuvert. I've done a couple. He, he's a writer. Mm-hmm. He, he also does a bunch of YouTube stuff like map making, but he writes really fun adventures. And I reviewed an adventure called Dragon Town. And I actually like bought it because I just was like, that's a fun name and a fun thing. And I read it. And then he sent me a message. He's like, so I just mailed this out because like he mails stuff out that, you know, he doesn't have like a company or whatever. It's just like you buy it. and He gets a notification that he has to send a mail out. And he's like, are you this Jordan? I'm like, I am. And then he sent me a whole bunch more stuff because he knew who I was. And I was like, oh, well, that's fine. So um, we, I ran into him and we chatted for a while. He's super cool. It was really funny because he kept trying to give us, me and Lex, he kept trying to give us stuff. He's like, oh, well, I have these zines. And I'm like, I already bought this from you. And he's like, oh, okay, I have this one. I'm like, I bought this from you too. Uh, and it was, we were laughing about how it's like, your stuff's too good. You can't just give it away. Um, but he ended up giving me some system neutral uh, like old NES game fantasy, uh, like a mini one shot that he wrote. And so I have those and I haven't read through them yet, but just, he does all the art too. And it's super fun. Like he's really cool. That's cool. Um, Ben from questing beast was there. I ran into him and that was fun. And Kelsey who wrote shadow dark and professor dungeon master. Uh, yeah, we all just hug out for a while. Did so. you see Nate? Uh, you bumped into Nate? No, WAD, tw- yeah, uh, WASD-20 Nate was not at Gen Con, I don't think, this year, so. Okay. Yeah, cool. some of those, some of the uh, the YouTubers that I really looked up to as a kid, or as a kid, YouTubers I looked up to like five years ago when I was making <laughs> YouTube, but what, you know, the reasons I started my YouTube channel was people like Nate and Matt Click yeah. um, and uh, WebM- WebMD, uh, web, uh, web, web DM. DM boys. I couldn't think their, their name all of a sudden. Um, and Nate's still kind of making stuff. Matt has transitioned into like writing and the web DM boys. Uh, I'm not sure what happened after their Kickstarter, but like, you know, they're not making content anymore. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's kind of weird, but there's a whole new flux of people. Like I ran into this yeah. guy and he's like, yeah, I've almost got a hundred thousand subscribers. And he's the, the, 
DMD4 or D4 Deep. I think it's D4 Deep Dive. And I'm like, I th I feel bad because I, I probably have seen you on a thumbnail, but I don't think I've ever watched your videos. But he's like doing really mm -hmm. well and he's like, you know, popular. And I was like, that's awesome. So, um, but Very cool. yeah. So I don't know. That's Gen Con. We could talk about it for hours, I guess. But there's other stuff to talk okay. about, too. <laughs> uh, those, were the, those were my main questions were the, the big ones. And then for sure, the big plan is to go back next year. Yeah. So I can't wait. I'm already excited. I need to... A... I need to recover, I think, because right now, if they're like, if they're like, yeah, are you going to buy your ticket for next year? I'm like, ooh, I need to think about it. But like, I'm sure I'll be more <laughs> energized for it because it was exhausting. But, um, and I still have, I have like so many books to read. Um, but something that prevents all of my reading of books is Baldur's Gate 3, which I'll get into in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but this is our 250th episode. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't really put it together until this, uh, yesterday when I was writing up some of our notes. I'm like, that's awesome. So, yeah, there you go. Here's the 250 That's episodes, Mr. Lucian. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, Cloudbreaker Alliance was a Kickstarter yes. that you were very excited about. I actually had forgotten about I it. And then I, I, oh, you play test. Yeah. And then I saw it pop up. So I assume mm -hmm. you have backed this, but, mm -hmm. um, is and it, it is funded, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was yeah. It funded pretty early. CJ has been doing a great job marketing it and getting it out there he runs um demo games constantly on his channel that he set up yeah he's, he's got like a discord channel for it he's got his youtube channel if you want to get involved you could just go to his youtube channel and all the links are usually in the videos that are related to cloudbreaker alliance and you can see all the yeah you get the documentation for some of the early documents that he created for the playtest stuff material and and now it's funded, so it's now it's going to get out there, and it's really cool because CJ is just one of those. He's one of the creators, like you said, five years ago. I had stumbled on his yeah. awesome YouTube channel, and he was doing something super unique. He was teaching Dungeons and Dragons, but doing it with like a a cool animated thing that he had put together. He had cool, interesting stories because he lives in Australia, um, but he is of, of Japanese descent too, and he's big into understanding the different cultural differences that are, that D has in other countries besides just like say the us yeah and so it was interesting listening to like their stories of games and some of the stuff they did and I, so i've always followed him and then when he said he was making cloudbreaker alliance which reminded me of like a final fantasy style super nintendo kind of yeah. game i was like oh this sounds really cool the artwork's great um and he's he's great about thinking about mechanics he's one of those that like me and you will sit after a show and we'll talk an hour about some mechanic that's interesting to us. You know, he's that kind of guy too, that he just goes through those mechanics and just likes to talk about how that mechanic would work or what, what makes it interesting. So very cool. No, I and, recommend everybody going to check it. Yeah. Out. I, and that's why I wanted to highlight it because uh, his goal was um, $20,000 and he's at $27,000. So it is backed. Um, but it, looks beautiful um and it's uh keep in mind when you look at the prices they are in australian dollars so um like a digital 38 dollars is probably going to be a us 30 dollars, and a physical 85 will be around 50 ish and i'm not sure about shipping um but the art looks really cool i remember watching the video on how, how you play and stuff and you're right it has a very like final fantasy tactics kind of feel um, and like looking at the world, like there's a car here that looks like a steampunk car. So <laughs> definitely, yeah. um, I, I've been working on a, on a script of like, 
we should we should be more excited for people like CJ who have a vision and like so much passion in creating like something like this because that will outshine taking uh and I'm not saying this in a negative way but I want to use it as an example but like taking Planescape and putting a pretty bow on it and reselling it to us and it's like well yeah. the original people who made Planescape had that passion and that's why it was so good but like when they rebrand it to you you're kind of like well it doesn't have the same feel but if you mm -hmm. give things like Cloudbreaker Alliance a chance I think it will have the same feel you know it has that like, I totally agree like because yeah. they're just so excited about it so yeah it's just like the the Plangea book yeah the imagination the passion behind that creator should be he should be getting buckets of money yeah. from us to drive that passion and wild sea was another one that was like mm -hmm. just the 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 creativity behind it Cloudbreaker alliance just the creativity behind it should be being backed versus like you said and i know i i buy all of these things and i like to play into but the repackaged hey, we did this before, we're going to do it again because we know everybody wants it. And that's cool and it's fun, but it's like, give these other new creators that that security that they can financially just go for broke because they don't have to worry about paying their next bill because they are being supported by people that love the stuff yeah. they're doing. So and I think, look for um, those smaller creative people. Yeah, and a good example of that is, is Dolmenwood, which is uh, yeah. now at a million dollars. Um, but Dolmenwood was a series of zines that got expanded upon and talk about like the reason that Dolmenwood was able to happen is uh, he had a Patreon and people were able to be like, I want to be a part of your Patreon. And, you know, MCDM's doing the same thing. They're like, help mm -hmm. us now. You can play test. You can do this. But it allows uh, people who have that creative vision to kind of uh, facilitate it. And then you get Dolmenwood, which is this really unique kind of fey, awesome setting. Uh, that one is also in the news, and it's just really big. It's at a million dollars right now. I would recommend that you go check out Dolmenwood as well. Uh, it is kind of pricey, um, which is probably why it's at a million dollars, because I think you have to buy all three books. But maybe the digital is worth a little less. But this is obviously going to be popular enough that I think you'll be able to get it later on. Um, Part of the thing about Dolmenwood as well is that you're actually buying old school essentials when you buy Dolmenwood because the player's wow. book is those rules. Like you're just getting mm -hmm. a revised version of old school essentials and then the campaign book and the monster book are on top of that. But um, it looks really cool. So, yeah. Uh, we got to talk about Baldur's Gate 3 and why you're not playing it with me. So <laughs> Yes, yes, that is true. Why? Why is that happening? Um, so, so you've you not, made the plunge. Yeah, I, I uh -huh. got home from Gen Con. Everyone was talking about it at Gen Con because it released. And I'm like, okay, I'll just... I haven't bought a new video game, not on Steam sale, in mm. decades, it feels like. So this was a big deal. But I picked it up and I'm like, okay. Immediately lost like seven hours. And I was just like, I got to go to bed. Like, what am in I doing? character creation. Yeah, 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 obviously. <laughs> um, but no, it's so it's so good. It, there's little hiccups here and there. I think that's mostly because I'm playing on my computer and then I also play on my Steam Deck and the saves get a little like confused about where what save needs to be used. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, it's it, for the most part, it works really well. And it plays and it's beautiful. Like, it's a lot of fun. So I'm doing a Conjuration Wizard right now, which I'm having a lot of fun with. And Very cool. Um, it's 
mechanically, it's interesting because as a video game, they're able to add subtle things like things that really matter in a video game. Um, and so there's this new mechanic called like momentum. And you'll see a lot of magic items that are like, this gives you momentum. And that just gives you like another like three feet of movement or something. So whenever I dash, I gain two momentum, which gives me like a little extra bit of movement that can help you get to the enemy or things like that. Um, there's another one called uh, electricity or lightning or something where you kind of like get charged with lightning. And if you ever get up to five charges, your next physical attack will do 1d8 lightning damage on top. And stuff like that is really fun in a video game and works really well in D&D, but it's hard to track at the table, you know? And so it's kind of fun seeing these like alternate magic items pop up where I'm like, oh, that's really, that's actually really cool. And this is kind of fun. And so I'm getting ideas for like magic items, I guess, from game design, but I'm not nearly as far as some of my friends. Everyone's like, are you on act two yet? I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I th I'm, I'm in the underdark. I don't really know what's happening right now. So yeah, yeah. It's big enough that I, we were playing our role playing game last night, our Thursday night game. And the people who didn't go on the camping trip, there were half of us went on that camping trip and half of us didn't. The half that didn't stayed home and played Baldur's Gate. And so throughout the session, they're like, oh, I don't want to spoil it, but this is just like act two for those of you who know. And yeah. there's like this group of us were like, we played that part yet. Shut up. <laughs> you know, it was like, but so it's clear that it's, I'm surprised how big it's hit because I've been playing like these, they call them the CRPGs, right? The classic role-playing game, but it's like the video game classic. And from Larry and I've been, I played the Pathfinder. They've done two Pathfinder ones. They did. King is that Maker. Larian? Or I know they yeah. did Divinity, but I didn't know they do. Did they do? Oh King no, Maker? I'm sorry. They did Divinity and Divinity yeah. Two. Yeah. But games that are similar to yeah. that are like the um, the Pathfinder Kingmaker and the Path of the Righteous, Wrath of the Righteous, which are really good and have been kind of notable in that group, but still felt a little niche. And now sounds like this year it's broken out to be just mainstream. Everybody's playing it, and uh, it was interesting. I played it back in early access because you could play this almost two years ago. The first yeah. act, they started out, and they that's how they've been starting to play. You only had like four or five classes at that point. Didn't have a lot of all of the stuff in there, but you could go through and play it. And I played a bunch of it then and realized it was really good, and I didn't want to spoil it. So I was like, I'm going to set it aside, right? So then yeah. two years goes by, and now it's the game's out. I downloaded it last night so that I could get ready to play, because I'm still playing Diablo 4. There's still, you know, I, was, I missed that whole thing, and it was like, but when I'm ready to dive in and everybody seems to be playing it, I don't know what character I'm going to play quite yet because I have tried several of the others. I did a bunch of starts back when they let us do the early access. So I played yeah. like a wizard. I tried a ranger. I tried like a paladin or not a paladin. They didn't have that yet. It was ranger, wizard. Probably fighter. Like, yeah, I was, I, I, or maybe it was cleric is what I had tried just to see. And now I'm interested to see with all of the different, you know, things that we can do in there and what subclasses they've added and how that works. So I'm interested to dive in. I know the story was good. I loved the voice acting and it was top notch two years ago, so let alone what, what it is like now. Um, the story was compelling. The opening movie is still one of the coolest opening scenes in a video game ever, I think. The Illithid over water deep you know it's just like oh my god that is drag rip gith yankee on red dragons, red dragons chasing yeah. down an illithid ship that is like if you don't make a movie out of just that <laughs> i don't know what you're doing 
That is yeah. so good. So. No, it's it's it was it's so good. I'm really enjoying it. And I I mean it's it's gonna be game of the year. I think it got uh PC Gamer gave it their highest rating they've ever given a game. Uh previously that was Breath of the Wild, or maybe it was Tears right. of the Kingdom, but it was that one of those Zelda games, and so it's like, guys, this is this is good. Um and I mean, every game has its flaws, but like, I'm just having so much fun and I'm so immersed running around, like having a good time. Uh, Gary asks, like, I think it has multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't played multiplayer yet, but yeah, you can run around with your friends. It's awesome. That's why I'm like, why aren't you playing it with me? Um, no, uh, Gary was asking here in chat, like, as someone versed in Forgotten Realms lore, what are my thoughts on it? Um, I just got an achievement last night playing of, hey, you've read 100 books. And so, like, I love it. Like, I'm going around. Anytime I find, like, a scrap of paper, I'm like, oh, I got to read it. Like, what is it? And there's all these, uh, I mean, obviously, if you've played the intro and stuff, there's a there's a character who's a, a cleric of Shar. So there's a, a lot of lore on Shar and um, Salune. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of lore on the Githyanki, obviously, because you have a Githyanki mm -hmm. in, your, uh, in your party. So... Uh, I'm really, really liking it. And now that I got into the Underdark, there's like some Lolth stuff and Drow things going on. Um, Speak with Dead is one of my favorite spells because I can get more information out of people. And I'm like, I just, it's really fun. So, I mean, and yeah, like it's, this is what I'm talking about though. Like I love the lore of D&D. And so if you make a really good game, if like the world that. is there, you know? And mm -hmm. they tried to do this before with... um sword coast legends which was a game that just flopped and i yeah. was really disappointed with it but at the same time they did like a superficial kind of like story i think the biggest thing in that game was Themberchad, who was in the movie is in that game but it was mm -hmm. kind of like you didn't really i don't know they just didn't make a good game but like they did a true uh, annihilation style one of that same thing and it didn't hit i tried playing both well that was based on the board game yeah that was based on yeah. the but yeah you're right it's kind of the same thing and so uh, I don't know. It's like when you when you take the, much like the movie, like the D and D movie took the lore very seriously. Uh, I shouldn't say the lore, mm -hmm. but just like they made the world real and important, and that shines in the movie. And this is kind of the same thing. So um, mm -hmm. it's fun. Like I I'm actually really enjoying it, picking up little things here and there, and I'm like, oh, you don't know about that, and lots mm -hmm. of uh, lots of nods to the past. Um, yeah. of of uh D, D, like the the distant distant past of forgotten realms so it's really cool um, are you but getting yeah. the I, I got the itch to want to play it with different characters too like i was like oh this is cool with the character i'm playing with but i wonder what it would play like if i was the druid or i wonder oh what yeah do, you know like are you I'm getting being, itch <laughs> i'm being kind of a good wizard right now but i was like yeah. definitely on my next playthrough i'm gonna be like a shadowy rogue um and i'm gonna really focus on like, I don't. I just want to focus in a new direction. I guess I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> say any spoilers because I'm really enjoying going yeah. through the game, and I'm not that far. But I also just don't want to talk about spoilers. But yeah, I'm being a very yeah. good uh, wizard right now, and I definitely want to replay it as like a sneaky rogue. I think that would be a lot of fun, mm -hmm. and just very focus cool. on like loot and like what can you do for me as opposed to like helping you out of the goodness of my heart kind of a thing. So right. Okay. Very cool. Um, super fun. Uh, yeah, we're not a... I mean, hey, welcome to the Baldur's Gate channel. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know much about Shadow of the Weird Wizard. This is a Kickstarter that came out. But I know Great that name. Shadow of the Demon Lord is a very popular game by one of the people who helped write 5e. But he left 
wizards and started working using some of those mechanics in his own game called Shadow of the Demon Lord. Um, Shadow of the Demon Lord also has a lot of uh, M for mature rated stuff in it. So a lot of people are excited about this because it's like, well, Shadow of the Demon Lord, great game. I can't play it with my 15-year-old or my 12-year-old kind of a thing. So Shadow of the Weird Wizard is literally the same mechanics, but more on a on a toned-down magical focus as opposed to demons and blood and, and death and destruction. Um, so if you are, if you've been wanting to check out Shadow of the Demon Lord, but if you're like me and it's a little too like, oh my gosh, I just don't want to see um, that kind of stuff, then uh, this is the Kickstarter for you. So I, I hear good things. It's really, it's been anticipated. So yeah. Um, boy, lots of news. But uh, did you mm-hmm. hear comicbook.com did a little interview with, or they got a first look at Daggerheart, which is Critical Role's um, D&D killer, for lack of a better term. It's their long-form fantasy. Yeah, I feel like I've seen a couple of videos out there that I haven't watched yet, but they've shown up in my yeah, YouTube feed. you like, should. Uh, I think Bob World Builder did one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's surprising because it's a 2D12 system. And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. But it made me think of, did you just take Powered by the Apocalypse 2D6 and then turn it to 2d11 but keep the percentages the same i don't know maybe they didn't um it looks kind of cool there's not a lot of information other than it's a 2d12 system um but something that i thought was creative is one of the d12s is your like boon die and the other is like a bane die um or maybe it's like it's like hope and fear they have a weird name for it uh i shouldn't say weird but it's something that i'm not familiar with so if you roll your 2d12 you, and let's say you succeed on the AC by adding those numbers together. Uh, you look at whatever die is highest and it's like, oh, your hope die was higher than your fear die. So you succeeded with hope. And that has a different moving forward mechanic than if you succeeded by fear. Um, or if you didn't succeed at all. Or if you didn't succeed, but fear was the the higher number. Um, so it, I was like, it's a simple way of adding kind of a new complexity and I thought that was kind of interesting. So we'll obviously yeah. hear more about Daggerheart. I was under the impression that it was going to be like unveiled at Gen Con. And then we didn't really hear anything. And I went to the Darrington press booth and they were just like, yeah, it's coming. So I don't think they were super ready, but maybe I just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and that's and, one of two systems that they had announced, right? There's yeah. The, the other one is Daggerheart. the um, uh, Illuminated Worlds, which is the... Right. Uh, obscure a game they're currently playing so um and that is a 2d6 1d6 system it's so it's really simple it's just kind of for like you know fun little stories um bait which lately i'm seeing it's a really simple game usually translates into uh or a simple rpg usually translates into there's no leveling and you're like okay so you just want me to sit down and play this and then we move on after we're done you know like like, mm-hmm. I don't think Kids on Bikes is simple, but a lot of people would say that because there's really no leveling mechanic. Like, you just kind of sit down and play it, and you're like, okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't been following MCDM's RPG, but I watched his latest video and was really curious because the last time I heard about it, they were like, we're going to roll all these different dice that have, like, different symbols on them, and he was going to make custom dice. And he kind of said it under his breath, but he's like, yeah, we threw all that away and now we're a 2D6 system and it looks really cool. And I'm like, 
that's like a huge change, you know, but it made me think of like, don't be married to the design. Like, don't just be like, well, mm -hmm. we got to keep it like this because I thought of it five years ago. And you're like, well, maybe it's not the right thing. Um, it also kind of sounds like into the odd. I'm really curious about MCDM's playtest material and if it was influenced by other OSR sources like into the odd or Nave or things like that, because uh, yeah. he, he talked about not having an attack roll. And that's a very into the odd thing. Like you just roll damage. So curious, very curious about yeah, that. Yeah, I feel like, because um, I've been watching a lot of the videos he's been putting out too, and it feels like the influences from the indie designers are starting to influence their ideas. Like, because you could tell if you go back to the very first things they start talking about, it's definitely, we're going to make a game and it's, it's very influenced by Dungeons and Dragons at that point. But then as they start to play test more, you see them start mm -hmm. to experiment more with different things and it starts to move towards games you recognize. But then it's like, it's it's slowly been moving over to what I think of as more of the indie influence, which are those 2D6 systems, The you know, yeah. because it just somebody worked out the math that 2d6 was the best way and the best percentage number to run these games. And that's where, you know, powered by the apocalypse blew up the indie scene using the 2d6 system. And so many games have come out with the 2d6 system, you know, with what its versatility and what it can do and how you can, you know, maneuver those, those um, mechanics. Well, and it's, it's a cube. A cube is a very simple plutonium solid, you know, but also like I've seen other games do it. Like I think, I think the Star Trek game is a 2D20 system, um, 2D20. right? And it's like Definitely. we get we get to a point where you don't want to add up that many numbers, you know? Uh, like White Wolf had a pool of D10s, and I'm like, okay, that works. But like when you really start to think about it, you're just like, well, 2D6 really it really works, and everybody has a D6, you know? Um, but on on top of that, like the the indie scene, somebody made a an RPG system called Caltrops, which is just D4 based. But when, when you look at it, it's very similar to Powered by the Apocalypse, but it just uses D4s, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. there's something to be said about that bell curve as opposed to just a straight succeed fail, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what yeah. it's succeed fail, but with a modifier is really, if you boil all of it down, succeed <laughs> fail, what kind of modifier is on it? And then, D20 is always about that math, but the two D20, you could actually, you could add in, you could get a third D20 for the Star Trek system. But again, you're looking for, do I have enough successes? And do I have an success with like a momentum or do I have a success with a, yeah. a drawback? Or So it's always still, whatever you're using, it still kind of turns into success fail with some type of modifier to help you tell the story of what's going yeah. on. So yeah. Keep hitting the today. No, I mean, I'm a big fan of mechanics. Like, I, I yeah. find that I mean, how discussion. many have you gone through right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like, know. Many, yeah, you're a D6 guy, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> well, and um, it's interesting because uh, I, think, I think a lot of people, like, budding game designers, you should probably hear this too. Um, and MCDM is doing a really good job where he's just like, hey, I want to do this. And then the more they play it, they're like, ah, this just isn't working. Like, your idea yeah, is we'll not switch. what you thought it was, you know. So don't mm -hmm. be afraid to switch. And... The more I think about modular D6, like writing that entire game, which is not finished by any means, really just allowed me to get the ideas out and then I could modify them for this other the game that game. I started writing. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, that wasn't a wasted exercise. 
it really helped me understand what I wanted to do, which is write this thing over here. Uh, but when you look at the path, it's like, boy, he went a big, and then he went around the lake twice. Why did he do that? You know, but it's like, you, you had to do that in order to get to where you are. So, um, don't be like, I wouldn't write something being like, I'm going to publish this. This is so cool. Just like write it and then see where it takes you, I guess, you know, play around with those mechanics. Cause, cause yeah. the more <laughs> I like it, I really like Tolv, but there's uh, which is my D12 system that I was playing around with. But like even Tolv, there are big problems when I start like adding these two things together. And I'm like, Oh, so like maybe, maybe it'll be a D20 system at some time and it's no longer a D12 <laughs> system. You know, like I liked that idea, but like, who knows? Like there's a reason yeah. people use D20s. So, and the end goal is it needs to be something that when you play it for three or four hours, it's fun Yeah. through all the things that happen in that two or three hours. And then you have the thing that you can publish when you can finally say, yeah, we did two or three hours of that and all these pieces were fun and all these things were working and I can't wait to play the next week. Boom. You have your game. Now you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick. I wanted to say that drive through is having drive through RPG is having a cosmic horror sale. So there's like 25% off a lot of uh, cosmic horror, but most importantly, um, Delta green. <laughs> is on there obviously call of cthulhu but there's delta green um alien. it's a big banner at the top it's another 11 days but the alien franchise uh delta green call of cthulhu um yeah the call of cthulhu starter set seven dollars and fifty cents right now so chronicles of darkness lots of good stuff on here um and i really enjoy the system neutral cthulhu alphabet book by goodman games i think that's on here for sale too and that's just a fun one if you want to run Cosmic Horror. Um, it's just a, it's the Cthulhu alphabet. So you'll go through and you're like, I don't know, like B is for bodies or C mm -hmm. is for cult or something. Um, but it has like random tables to help you be inspired with whatever game and you want to run. I feel like, so. did, did somebody run you in a game of uh, one of the Cthulhu yeah. style games? Yeah, I went to like my local game store for the Friday night quick yeah. shots. And they, I was like signed up for Call of Cthulhu and I... Uh, I asked her, I was like, is this like the game? Like, this is your game. Like you, you don't really play a lot of other things. And she's like, 100%. Like, I, I love Call of Cthulhu. Like I will play other games, but I really just run this because I love it so much. And so it, I finally got my wish, right? Like, I'm always right. like, I want to find that person who loves Call of Cthulhu to really show me run why this me. is cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. not that I don't believe you. I just don't know how to interpret it. And I had a blast. Like, I was like, no, this is a cool system. It's a cool thing. Like, I can see why you like Delta Green now because mm -hmm. I didn't really understand, but it's the Call of Cthulhu system, but yeah. without Call of Cthulhu. And so you kind of, and I was like, oh, okay. And it, and yeah, we had a blast. Like, it's fun. Yeah, there's something interesting about modern day tapped on with the weird, tapped on with the supernatural, yeah. tapped on because you can imagine that the best yes we can imagine a fantasy world yes we can imagine a sci-fi world but the best thing our brains are for they can really imagine a modern world that has some weird twist to it like we are so ready to believe in that and that and embody that character that when i played my first delta green game i was like whoa this is eye-opening how yeah. fun this was for being such a modern day modern style game that you would think 
oh, yeah. we live in the modern times. There's no fun. We don't have dragons or we don't have spaceships. But yet it was a lot of fun. Well, and you're also, you're not a superhero, right? In Delta Green, yeah. just like Call of Cthulhu, you're like, well, I'm this guy. And you, I also look at that and I'm like, is that fun? But like, it is. Like, you'd be surprised because yeah, I was a ultimately, US Marshal and I was just like, yeah. so good. Ultimately, the story yeah. is fun. But I think, yeah. I think an X Files game with Delta Green or a Men in Black game. Um, and yeah. I, I know Men in Black is silly, like the movies, but like you could play it more like serious. Like we're here to protect the world and I'm a guy yeah. with a pistol. Like, I think that could be a lot of fun. So, and like monster of the week, I played a UPS driver and it yes. was fun. That you was... Know? It was like, it was great. Yeah. And that's just, another great you... system for just like, well, you can so kind of be superhero in that, but like, yeah, you can take I think... it to whatever extremes. Yeah. I think that's but my favorite though. Cause you were the guy that was just like, like generic guy and it was so fun but you had a weird abilities like stumble upon a clue like didn't you like yeah 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 it was all the xander of buffy that the norm yeah the normal guy would would fall into and i always imagine just the big bushy mustache from you know guy who's your ups driver or like the guy they had in um deadpool yeah he's they're they're jumping out of the the plane he's just the normal peter yeah and he's just a regular guy that's (laughs) him i was just like that was the perfect person for that it's so fun to play something like that with everybody else that was like crazy cool interesting characters that you guys had all made and then it was just the normal person it was just so good yeah uh grinar says it's uh kids on bikes but for grown-ups and somebody uh when we were talking about delta green they called it like adults in cars basically and i was like that that (laughs) tracks you know trying to solve the weird of your town but it sold me on the picture which is a, a Huey helicopter from Vietnam flying over a jungle scene yeah. and a Cthulhu style creature bursting out of the canopy. And I was like, Oh my God, I got to play this. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on in this scene? I need to be there. So very, yep. cool. and it, it, it goes into those great movies that we love, you know, like uh, evolution. <laughs> yeah. any, it's that it, that that's the game you can play in that style of the system you know the everyday hero system which is another one i back kickstarted because it was all about everyday people in weird situations right or in, in some fantastical situation yeah like, there's lots of cool things we can relate to that so very cool um yeah yeah, no, for sure. So uh, I guess, yeah, real quick, like personal stuff. Uh, I played a virtual True Dungeon because Celeste, Joe, Greg, and Ted, who I hung out with at Gen Con, were like, we did a vir- we did a True Dungeon there. And they're like, you should try the virtuals. So I signed up for it. Um, and we had a lot of fun. Uh, I'm not sure it's for me. We'll see if I like I like the in-person ones because we're like playing with stuff. But there's like, a crowd that loves that. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm in that crowd. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing. It's not good or bad. Uh, there's a crowd that like, loves it. Celeste and Joe are just like, this is so much fun. And they love collecting the tokens. Yeah. And I was just like, no, this is cool. But like, OK. Uh, but I will say we we ran that game virtually with some really nice uh, like veteran people who had all of the gear. And at the end, uh, we were tallying up how many like uh, tokens I get to get as prizes because we won. And it was like five or six. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But then one of the guys is like, well, I have all these extra like plus treasure tokens. I'll let you like borrow them because you can share with other people in the group on the call. 
and I left with 23 tokens. So they're going to mail me 23 physical tokens <laughs> as prizes. And I was like, holy cow. Uh, and it's all a random draw, so we'll see what I get. But it's still like, that was that was very nice of those people. It was kind of cool. So, um, And then I have been reading lots of Plangea and playing lots of Baldur's Gate 3. That's about it. So I think I want to... I think the future of D&D for me is smaller... Uh, single story things like i i right now want to write a plan gia game of like six sessions and have it all plotted out before we start and then find my players schedule the time and say this will literally take six sessions we're going to do it in a month let's do it mm -hmm. and then be done you know and like now i'm done with plan gia for a little bit uh i i keep starting games thinking that we need to just play and eternally until until the 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 story comes to a natural conclusion and right. i i need to get out of that mindset or i'm never gonna uh i'm never gonna find a group you know so it's like no guys yeah. i just need six people right now let's go so that's what i've kind of been working on is i want to run a plan gia game because the more i read that book the more you can tell the love that went into it so mm -hmm. But what about Lucy? your excitement mr jordan because i just finished typing up a post to four players who have asked me to run a game for them. <laughs> and I have said, well, what kind of campaign do you want to play? Do you want to play a Drow in the Underdark campaign? Do you, no, I didn't put that one in there, but I know you would, <laughs> you would appreciate it. But I was like, here we go. This is going to be, I'm at that level of excitement now where you get when you're about to start the campaign or a campaign, they're thinking about what system they want to play. I gave them a list of all the systems I have and I'm willing to play. And I've said, these ones I've played and it's no big deal. I can run these in the back of my head. Here's some new ones that I'm willing to learn with all of us all at the same time, but they're so cool. I want to play them. So if you're super interested in playing them, let me know. Like GI Joe and Transformers is on that list, you know, and then like Pathfinder 2 is on that list. D&D 5e is on that list. And depending on what they're going to pick, you know, so if they they go old school and just pick D&D 5e, well, then I'm thinking about a Plan Gia campaign or I'm thinking about the cliff or I'm thinking about, you know, running them through some of those cool different 5e stuff that I've done before. Or if they pick Pathfinder, I'm looking at some of those campaigns that they have out there. Um, we're also looking at maybe the Starfinder or the new Starfinder second edition that they announced, maybe moving into those rules. Star Trek was on that list. So if they want to run a Star Trek, I'm already have a campaign that I am ready to play for that one. Um, so it's like I've given them a list and my brain is overflowing with ideas for every single piece on that list. So now I'm letting them talk amongst themselves to figure out what's, what game they really want to play as a group. And then we're going to play this game and play a campaign. And I, I'm thinking also along the lines of start with something that is limited at first, just to see that the chemistry is there, that everybody's having fun. It's the right system. Everybody picked what they thought they wanted. So maybe a five or six kind of, like you said, session storyline, play through it. And at the end of that, say, okay, are we having so much fun? This really can carry on. Or, hey, this was fun, but now that we kind of know what's going on or we know who we're playing with or we know what's going on, now this would be the, the interesting thing and maybe we'll make a, a switch or a pivot. But it's in that moment of super excitement where my brain is like full of if they pick 5e, how I might do the Black Door campaign, which allows me to push them in any of the different worlds we have. Like, so Plangea, Planet Breaker, 
Um, I could run them through Elemental Evil, the 5e version, which I bought. I could run them through the old school essentials. They, I don't think they've played any of these, these games in depth. They're newer players who haven't played all these different campaigns. So I can pick and choose what I want to play. And I'm still thinking about how I could play the cliff with them also if they pick that. But they could pick, you know, more modern day. I'd put some superhero games on there. Maybe we'll play some superhero stuff. Maybe we'll play some modern day stuff. Maybe we'll play Numenera. Maybe we'll play some Cypher or something. So I'm excited to see what the answer is going to come back. So obviously my excitement level is like through the roof at the moment of that there's nothing better than pre-campaign talking about characters, talking about what the campaign might be like. You don't ever get that feeling except at the very beginning, I think. It's just so good. So I'm excited. Oh, you're muted. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Jordan, unmute yourself. No, you just muted yourself again. Or I don't hear you. I heard you click something. Uh Oh, Chat. oh, my thing's back. There he is. Okay. So uh, my icon says that I'm muted, but I'm not. So I have to go change my icon. Okay. Got confused. Um. No, for sure. I uh, I love all of that like pre-game stuff and it's so fun and it's just fun to get excited about um rpgs in general like i think you mm. might have cast a too wide of net for new people oh, maybe sure. <laughs> yeah and like absolutely. you need to just say uh okay here are the three i'm willing to run um but uh let's that's the other thing is like my dcc group they're very much down to play just about anything is what it feels like um and so because of that and now that i've learned that i'm i want to very meticulously craft like here's <laughs> the adventure package i want to run because i know they'll be like oh yeah that sounds cool and then i can just we can do it and that's why i could do like a six session plangia and i think that would be a lot of fun and then mm -hmm. after plangia we can do um uh invis like numenera because that's another one you know i got the the cypher system book and i'm like i wanted to go through that and stuff so there's just lots of cool things to do. Ah, games. I love it. I still think you'd like The Strange, too. You should pick that up if you see it on sale. Yeah, I should. I, I think you would really like it. I was. I read through a PDF of The Strange, and I mean read through. I, like, you know, skimmed through it. But I didn't really mm -hmm. understand the whole, like, switching between stuff. But that was before I understood things like Assassin's Creed, where I'm like, okay, right. you're, like, in the future, but you're kind of doing other things. And so... Uh, the strange was, it was strange for me, but I, I think mm -hmm. at a baseline, the idea is kind of cool. And that actually comes into, um, this money cookbook. I got the darkest house where this is kind of its own rule system. And it has rules to pull any character from an RPG into it. So like I could take my 5e characters, my superhero characters, because as those characters are pulled in here, they're fundamentally changed and the like physics of this house are different. So this is mm -hmm. kind of a, a weird way of like, okay, we've been playing, you know, this 5e game for however long. Now you have you're the same characters, but you're in this weird situational circumstance, you know? And it makes yeah, me think on, of like how many people <laughs> love the games that they are uh you know, like like the acquisitions incorporated people. Like this would be a great supplement to be like, let's bring Jim Dark Magic into the darkest house, and all of a sudden you have those characters that you really love, but you don't really know how to interact with them. They're in an unfamiliar situation. Like that's fun. So, yeah, 
Anyway, good stuff's good. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for watching. That's our two hundred fiftieth show. Yes, two hundred fifty. Thank you for liking and subscribing. Uh, be sure to check out uh, jorfton.substack.com to get the audio version of this podcast, but also um, to subscribe and get other updates on my life. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. There's patreon.com slash jorfton, all that kind of fun stuff. And we will see you all next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning RPG Show. Take care.